Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This week, we have a special guest on the show. Like everyone to welcome my friend Gary. What's up, Gary? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, we've, we've heard that you're a, a very avid listener of the Anxiety podcast. How, how many episodes have you heard so far? At least six, dude. Yeah. Yeah. More than I have. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than Matt has. I don't think he's ever heard one episode fully through. What do you mean, dude? I do the edits. I hear all of them fully through three times That's a week. Yes, man. I, I hear you sniffing in all the episodes you edit, which means you haven't completely listened to it. That's not true at you're all. editing, don't you listen to it piece by piece? So you've never heard it fully through no no we listen to the whole thing at least i do i don't know about matt yep i'm very thorough i go through the entire thing listen to it listen to it again uh, listen to it when i sleep i listen to it when it's released you know that's why our viewer count is through the roof it's just all me <laughs> I, I don't know if you've heard uh if you've heard that episode gary but uh one of the episodes i mentioned that when i edit i edit at one and a half time or twice the speed mm-hmm. so it sounds like we're chipmunks and just keeps things a little bit interesting for me because I get tired of hearing Matt's voice. Right. You know, once a week is fine, but twice a week and the same thing is a little bit too much. Totally so then hearing him like a chipmunk, you know, help helps me get through the rest of the edit. And it makes it a lot cuter too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, honestly, I wish I can publish it with uh, twice the speed. I think everyone would enjoy it a lot more. I know I do. So Gary, I mean, uh, obviously you know what this podcast is about. Um, it's about, uh, men and anxiety. Uh, if you didn't know what it's about, I don't know why you're here. <laughs> no idea. This is, this is new to me. Shit. So, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about, uh, your experiences with, uh, anxiety? If, if any? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's why I'm here, obviously. Uh, so where do I start? Um, so I started getting it right around the age of 25. I was always just carefree you know just partying i went to school in santa barbara so you you know how that goes and then it was actually after coachella i went with two of my best friends came back and i started getting what's called like a brain zap i don't know if you guys have ever heard of that i haven't but what what is that um i hope my mom isn't listening but (laughs) (laughs) i guess after you take molly because of all the serotonin and everything it's just like you, it's all recovering so you get this weird like electric shock in your brain that goes all the way through your body and you start like twitching you know involuntarily oh, so then I, I got that um in a meeting at work i was at the investment bank and they're asking me questions and i'm just kind of like twitching <laughs> it was super weird i was like <laughs> hopefully were you were there other people there were you on video were they were they just like were the they talking about the market volatility and you just start twitching in the corner and then, <laughs> yes. and then they're like uh is that what you always do when we discuss inflation <laughs> i get super excited about it so <laughs> yeah and then i started getting that and then um after that is so after that I was at Kanish's house, one of my best friends. We just took edibles as if I that brain shock was enough for me to stop doing drugs. Uh, so we're mini pudding, you know, he had uh-huh. one of those pudding greens. And then oh, I thought mini pudding was a, a drug term, but yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no we we're playing. Uh, he has one in his backyard. Yeah. And then um, 
I looked down and I saw that it's kind of like stuck together. Like it wasn't real grass. I was like, holy shit, this is fake. Everything's fake. And then uh, I just started getting this full-blown panic attack. I had to go upstairs. Like I laid in bed for two hours. It was super weird. And that's when it started. Like right. it became more of a consistent sort of thing. So yeah. And then Interesting. Yeah, I feel like there's always a trigger, right? Sort of like something, I mean, you might have had like some inklings of it, but it wasn't until like something triggered it that sort of, get, you know, got it a little bit more. I mean, it was the same thing with me with, um, you know, when I was at a wedding, wasn't feeling well, sort of, uh, and it started getting more and more from there. Um, Matt, I don't know, yours had a trigger at some point too, right? That it got like kind of bad. Uh, yeah, I probably just didn't notice, like, a specific event, because I think it was more just gradually, like, sped up over time. I mean, there have been events like that with, um, paraphernalia that, uh, definitely are, like, not fun, and you have to take a break, and I think that some of those things can kind of, um, definitely induce those, like, (laughs) constant, you know, panic and worry, and especially with, like, the brain zap thing, that just sounds terrible. Definitely not a good time. Yeah, that that does. You know, one of the uh, I don't think we've ever really talked about drugs in any um any real sense on this on this podcast, but one of the reasons why I don't do drugs um in most cases is because of the same reason, right? Uh I I feel anxious whenever I do. And I think it has a lot to do uh, we had a previous episode where we talked a little bit about control and mm-hmm. like you know, anxious people want to always have control and they don't feel comfortable sort of losing it. Right. And I think the fact that drugs, you know, in most cases make you lose control. Um, it's the reason why, you know, some people feel anxious after taking them. Uh, but definitely like, you know, getting feelings like that, like a brain zap or like physical manifestations of that, right. uh, I think can be very scary too. Yeah, it was actually, um, every time I smoked for a while, like I was, or I tested cannabis it was like the whole time i was battling that feeling of just like oh my god i'm about to have a panic attack or this anxiety so i wasn't even enjoying it anymore yeah just i smoke and then for an hour i'm just trying my best to stay sober yeah yeah i get you uh it can definitely be hard i mean you know it was the same thing I, i think because that was like your i don't want to say defining moment but like the moment where like you felt the anxiety the most and like it got imprinted. Mm-hmm. That's why you kept going back to that. Cause it was the same with me. Like after I had that experience, like at the wedding, right? Like any kind, anytime I went to a wedding or like gathering like that, I always, it was the same thing. I was like fighting that feeling of like, you know, I'm going to have a panic attack again. I'm, I'm like, I don't feel well. I want to leave. Like I was always in a very mm-hmm. highly anxious state. And it wasn't until, you know, an amount of time passed and I started seeing a therapist and sort of worked through why I was feeling anxious and like what happened and all of those feelings. And then slowly started going back to these events and like taking it little by little, right. Mm -hmm. That I didn't like completely get over it. I mean, even now, sometimes it happens where, you know, if I go to a wedding and there's a, or like an event and there's already like a trigger, like Mm -hmm. I'm tired or I've had too much to drink or like, I mean, I wouldn't take drugs at a wedding, but like I'm hungry or like whatever it You're is. You're missing right? out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like if there's already like some sort of trigger, right? 
like I start getting some of those feelings back right. and I have to, you know, take a moment, like do whether it's meditation or like some breathing exercise or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, to ground myself again and to, to realize that, hey, like just because it happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Right. And what's funny is um, one of the things I do to pull myself back out of it would be perfect for this show because it's just like you're a man dude man up get over this shit like you shouldn't be having anxiety or panic that's what i keep telling myself right it kind of helps sometimes (laughs) so it's but it's also part of the stigma right Uh, no definitely i mean i think that's part that's what we like learn to do right or like society expects us to do is say hey like we're men why are you feeling this? Stop feeling this way or right. whatever. And I think it definitely helps sometimes in the short run, but then you realize that in the long, like it, it, you're still having, it happens next time too. And time after that and time after that, because mm-hmm. you never get to the, to the real problem. You're just sort of at a surface level. You're toning it down, mm-hmm. but you're not actually like taking it out by its roots. Right. right. You're, you're trimming down the, the, the weeds, but mm-hmm. you're not actually pulling them out. I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great analogies thank you yeah i'm full of those yeah i think um it just goes back to that and they always say the the less you think about it the less it happens but that's easy to say from someone who doesn't get anxiety right it's right like, oh just don't think about it it'll go away yeah i mean it's interesting that there's people out there that if they do get anxious and they just it's not the same level or they just don't get anxious at all I have a hard time believing people don't get anxious at all, but then I feel like I do know people that all they think about ever is sports. <laughs> and I mean, how do you get anxious? Just think like, I feel like those people are just like very, um, I don't want to say single-minded, but like their focus is always on just like sports or like something specific. So they don't ever think about, you know, what is the meaning of life? Or like, you know, what the grass is fake, what's real or any of these like yeah. existential thoughts or uh you know complex thoughts or feelings i don't uh, want to bring this up but when kobe died like that was a pretty anxious experience for all of us you know true i i agree i actually remember i think you were the one that texted me yeah when that happened i was driving and i had like a little oh shit moment. i was like what the hell like um I, honestly i didn't believe it at first <laughs> i went through uh you know the the 10 stages of grief or whatever uh. Denial at first, and then uh, eventually I had to accept it. Kobe doesn't die. You know? He lives so, on in our hearts forever. Matt, are you a sports guy? or? Uh, other than fighting, because uh, I train jiu-jitsu, not really. I mean, I'll, I'll watch uh, Red Zone just because it's entertaining to me for NFL, but everything else. I heard else, about no. the rear naked chokeholds that you guys were doing <laughs> to each other. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just one of those things where Shot challenged me when I'd been doing jiu-jitsu for, like, I don't know, three months, and I did a stupid mistake, and he caught me in a choke, and he beat me, and he's, like, never let that go, but he'll never he'll never be like, oh, we should try again now that you've been training for years. He's just like, remember that one time back in the day, 20 years ago, when I beat you? And I'm like, yeah, I remember. So, he's already won. So the victor goes to spoils. Yeah. I mean, why, why, you know, why, would I, why would I try to go back at it? But if I remember correctly, um, I wasn't the one that challenged you, Matt. You were bragging about all this Brazilian jiu-jitsu you're doing. And all I said is, I can beat you. 
And then I, I went and beat you. Well, you didn't tell me you'd trained before, so you know <laughs> it was it was a uh, it was bravado under false uh, false premise for sure. But um, something I was gonna say with the like the oh shit moments, it's kind of like if you've seen The Office or other like comedy shows when they look at the camera, and it's almost like breaking that fourth wall when you're like on drugs or not, if you're just having a panic attack, and you're kind of like, fuck, is is this all real? Like. I have hands. Like, have you ever just like looked at your hands and been like, these things, if I didn't have thumbs, I wouldn't be able to do shit, half the shit I do. Oh, it's way worse than that. You look at it, you're like, these are so ugly. You know, like, how the <laughs> hell are these my hands? And the worst thing you could do when you're on drugs, having a panic attack is looking in the mirror. It just, oh, you're, you're gone. You know, it's, that's, that's funny. Start questioning everything about life. You know, it's interesting. Um, while we're on this drug subject, like the first time I tried, so I hadn't tried weed for a very long time, right? Uh, like until late into or like until I was in college, maybe a little bit after. But I always hated that stigma of like, you know, doing weed and then like being lazy and like you know, all all, all of that, right? Like just being lazy. And I hated that. So the first time I tried it, um, I was like, all right, like I don't want to do any indica. Cause like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to just like potato. do nothing. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be a couch potato. I want to still be useful and like be in action and all that. So I would always do uh, sativas mm-hmm. and sativas is very much a head high. Right. And when I say always, I've done it like a handful of times. Maybe. <laughs> all three times, every three times, <laughs> all three times I've done it. But I, I would only do that. And then, um, and like in the beginning it was fine. Right. Like I would, um, I think the first time I freaked out a little bit. But then I started like watching uh, old um, uh, like raves and stuff because like the lights were, were cool and stuff. But I realized that because I was doing sativas, which was a mainly a head high, <clears throat> it was making me feel anxious because, uh, right, like I was losing control, not losing control of my mind, but like it's very cerebral. Exactly, like it was all in my head. Everything was happening in my head. Mm-hmm. And so it made me feel anxious. Whereas I'm thinking if like I had done some indicas, um, I wouldn't feel as anxious because it would make me feel relaxed more, more than, you know, in my head. You got to find the right strain, man. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's true. Cause they, I, I remember uh, going into a dispenser and I was like, you know, I heard you guys have anti-anxiety, something that helps with this sorts of things. The butt tender recommended blue dream. Like, that's a sativa she's like yeah it helps it helps you kind of get in your thoughts gain control oh that was the worst panic attack i've ever had i was like just, i wanted to go back and just oh murder <laughs> yeah just be like go, uh, go you back and tell her why don't you have some yeah. of this yeah i mean it, I no, it's, a formal complaint it's so true though right with with different drugs they have different reactions and even for something like when uh when my doctor prescribed me xanax for when i was like having like really bad anxiety I didn't fucking want to take it because I'm like, I don't want to get addicted to this shit. Like, I don't want to do this. And the, I took it like once and then I took it again to like go on a plane because I just didn't feel like getting on a plane and was like, fuck this. I don't want to travel right now years ago. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm a different person with like no anxiety. I'm just like, woo, do whatever you want. Oh, we're flying through the sky. I don't give a shit. Because for me, it was like that lack of control with substances or being in a plane like i can't i can't leave the situation right like if i'm taking a road trip across the country and i like want to get out of the car i can get out of the car i cannot get out of a plane (laughs) you know i don't know can you matt can you get out of a car moving at 80 miles per hour i don't think so 
I mean, I could. It's not going to go well for me, but I could and get out. You can out. also get out of an airplane, but it won't go well for you. No, nah, the, 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 the doors are True. the doors are pressurized to something like 8,000 pounds. Yes, of yes, I know, I know. Yes, you, you worked in the aerospace industry, I understand. <laughs> that's not even aerospace industry. That's just Google any article about somebody freaking out on drugs. Sometimes they take edibles on planes to try and sleep, and then they freak out, and they're like, I got to get off the plane, man. And then they like run up to the door, and nothing happens. But um, they get like duct taped to a chair for the entire flight. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I've seen so many cases recently of people Same. getting duct taped to chairs. Yeah, there was one today uh, of people just freaking out on an airplane. That uh, guy was just a douchebag. He was, but I think he was on drugs or something. Like Xanax, for sure. Xanax and some red so? wine. Um, is that what they said? <laughs> getting loose. Uh, he was on something because he started throwing punches. And I just... I can't imagine how you feel after, like, especially if you're, like, freaking out because you're feeling anxious or whatever. And then to be, like, duct taped to a chair for the rest of the flight, <laughs> like, <laughs> like your, uh, your anxiety must go into overdrive or something. I mean, you couldn't pay me to duct tape me to a chair for five minutes. I, I would not sit still. I would freak out. I'd be like, get, let me get out, you know, huh? Well, if you start freaking out, they'll do it to you, whether you want <laughs> they to or just, not. They just add more duct tape as I'm, like, yeah. yelling more, and then I just get, you know, a, a couple over the mouth, and I'm just, all right, can't do anything about it. Yep. And as they're doing it, they're just like, calm down, sir. You're like, I can't calm down. I'm duct taped to a goddamn <laughs> chair in an airplane. <laughs> I can't right. move. How do you expect me to calm down? Yeah, it's, it's like the same thing with, um, you know, if you're ever on any drugs or whatever, or having a panic attack, really, you need to, like, breathe and focus on your breathing. Because that's what starts to lead to panic attacks is hyperventilating and then your body freaking out, right? But that's hard as shit to do when, like, when you're on drugs, certainly. Like if you've ever been high and, and you want to fuck with somebody who's high, like I've had people do this to me and unfortunately I've done it to other people, is like you just tell them, you know, you're manually breathing now instead of automatically breathing. And then they're just like, <gasps> you know, like 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 taking like deep breaths because like, oh my God, I, I'm in control again of my breath. But, you know, it is something where you have to get people to like, Telling somebody to calm down in that moment is not going to get them to be calm, right? Like, yeah. You, no, they, I mean, that that same thing when I was at the height of my anxiety, like, that was a big thing was the breathing. And, it, like, I felt like I always, like, I was off of automatic breathing and had to manually breathe. Right. And every time I felt like, you know, like, I was breathing, anytime I, like, stopped thinking about it, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to breathe again. So now I have to do it again. What is it happening right now? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> now that Matt mentioned it. Well, it's it's like the uh, thing if you say, like, don't think of a pink elephant. First thing you think of is, like, an image of a pink elephant in your head. Um, so it's the same thing, right? If I say, like, oh, you're manually breathing. Everybody at home listening is probably like, oh, fuck, I am breathing. Oh, my and God. And did it again. My lungs are inflating. <laughs> right? Excuse All right. you forget about yeah. it. You want, me to be, you want me to be a bigger asshole? I can say I just lost the game, and now everybody at home can lose the game. I haven't lost the game in, like, 10 years. Which game? Which game? There was a stupid game where the whole premise of it is not to think of the words the game and you lose the game by thinking of the game and if you lose you have to tell other people you lost so they lose too. It was like stupid thing we did in college. Person thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was in college too and we never no. did that. No, Google it. Like pe- people did it was like a this worldwide is, this phenomenon. This is white America, dude. <laughs> stupid <laughs> um, like like people would do it in lecture halls where you would slide over like the chalkboard or the whiteboard and then it would say the game it was a it was a big thing back in the day we were in college at the same time man yeah and it was a big I've thing never, look I've it up i've never seen that ever in my life look it up dude you weren't cool i mean 
You know, that's wait. What do you mean? Maybe he's maybe definitely not cool. Like, when was the last time you did drugs at a wedding, bro? Like, come on, you're not cool. That's true. <laughs> true. Actually, to get through a wedding, don't answer drugs. that, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we have listeners. Yeah, <laughs> we have listeners. What did you think? We're just talking to each other. <laughs> that's that's what it feels like. You know, we have listeners from all across the world. Oh shit. Yeah. How does that make you feel now? Not anxious, honestly. Good. It shouldn't. Yeah. I, I quit smoking three months ago, so I'm feeling great. Uh, weed or cigarettes? Uh, weed. I don't I don't smoke cigarettes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's like I'm not an asshole. It, it's always like the stoner thing to clarify that when you're like, oh oh oh, do you smoke? You're like, smoke what? <laughs> it's like, oh well, we know what you're <laughs> talking about. Like, um, but I mean, because especially now, like with the pandemic and stuff too, a lot of people like were hitting jewels and like uh, vapes hard, so. Mm-hmm. It's good to know, but yeah, that's a that's good. Three months, that's awesome. Did you get your speaking uh, of vapes? Is, is that what you're taking out? There, there he is. <laughs> they don't sell these in Burbank anymore. It's a hot commodity. They don't? No. Not I even the no store down my street. Tobacco. Oh, maybe that one. <laughs> that guy. Oh, sh- don't tell anybody on camera, dude. <laughs> they don't know what street I live on. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. So instead of uh, so you don't smoke cigarettes, but you'll you'll vape nicotine, right? But you, I don't, but I'm you, not but against smoking But you quit cigarettes. the weed. Well, I mean, because like, I smoke hookah, so it's mm. essentially the same thing, just in a different form, right? Kind of. Smoking tea is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, but that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Go, going back to what you were saying about quitting smoking, that, that that's good, right? Because you were saying that's what really caused your anxiety in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like getting away from it, I mean, have you felt anxious ever since you stopped? Not really. I'll have like random moments, like a uh, funny story. I was listening to you guys' space episode mm-hmm. and I started getting it a little bit and I was like, this yeah. is the opposite of what I want. <laughs> so I shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. We're sorry to all of our listeners for that. Uh, I think we started feeling a little anxious as we were oh, recording dude. that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying you're like, hey, you have to think about blinking. Right. Same oh, God. Now I'm thinking. Now, damn it. Damn <laughs> yeah, it. that's what you get, man. All right. That's what you get for doing the breathing. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Yeah, it's, it's so weird, right? Breathing, blinking. Imagine if you had to think about your blood flowing through your body. Yeah, or your heart Dude, beating. Yeah, your if, heart if beating. you had to think about the heart, I would just be dead instantly. <laughs> well, I, I, it's physically impossible to like control your heartbeat. So, I mean, I don't want to say physically, actually. I, I guess there's some yogis that claim to be able to. So, it's very hard to control your heartbeat um, to that extent. Although, now that we're talking about it, I used to go to sleep. By like doing breathing exercises and like slowing down my heart rate, and when I was feeling really anxious, I started freaking out when I would do that. <laughs> so I was like, "Am I slowing down my heartbeat too much? Like, am I about to like pass out and like you know stop my heart right now?" Could be. I know. Definitely possible. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as advanced of a yogi yet, though. So that Buddhist uh, monk, he caught on fire and he was totally chill. He was just sitting there. Yeah, I have some crazy stories like that. And I mean, the ninjas, right? Like, uh, the whole thing that behind the ninjas was that they were able to slow down their heart rate so much, or their heartbeat so much, um, that they basically wouldn't be breathing. That's how they were able to stay, like, in the shadows and stuff. Um, so that was a big thing of, like, being a ninja. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, don't give me that look. Look it up. You, sh- you should validate everything I say. Not, not all of it is... Uh, uh, is fact I mean, checked. my my skeptical brain, 
my skeptical brain just like you're like they don't want their hearts to beat so they can be in the shadows i'm like bro they wore black costumes they're in the shadows like chilling like, no 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 so so that people wouldn't hear them breathing oh right? they would, okay okay yeah they would slow down their heart rate so much so that they wouldn't have to breathe as much and therefore they could uh they could stay quiet when they were in the shadows okay yeah that makes more sense it's kind of like yeah. when, you, when you look at history and you see um like back when people would be like give these crazy stories and speeches and stuff right like in roman times and like memorization was just a huge skill it's because they didn't have shit to do like we got video games to play man like i'm not gonna focus on my heartbeat going down super low so I, so you don't hear me breathing like it's i got things to do places to be you know that's why you're not a ninja i love how video game was the first example <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's what he i also play a lot of video games you play a good amount of video games too. I play uh, Brawl Stars. Yeah, I mean, on your spare time, that's what you do, right? No, no. Instead of memorizing stuff or slowing down your heart rate, what's going on here? Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, Isaac Newton invented calculus so he can help himself with physics. People don't do that yeah. nowadays. And and he did it like the, by the time he was like twenty three or something, right? Wasn't he like really young? It was something stupid like that, and yeah. I was like barely graduating college at twenty three. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Wait, was it Newton too? The law of gravity? It was, right? The apple thing? Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was Newton, right? For the apple. Yeah, I mean, he was also sitting down under an apple tree, looked at the apple, saw it fall, and then looked at the moon and tried to correlate the apple with the moon. Like, we, <laughs> today you see an apple fall and you're like, oh shit, the apple fell. Let me eat it if it's good. Or you just kick it out of the way because we don't even eat fresh fruits anymore. Honestly, bro, if we didn't have to work 40 hours a week, we'd be thinking about this shit, dude. Like, come on. Don't bullshit me, Matt. We didn't work 40 hours a week. You'd be playing more video games than you do now. No, I'm only playing video hours. games because I'm, I'm at home. <laughs> Where else would you be? Uh, Well, normally, not in a pandemic, out and about in training, dude. I didn't play any video games for a year. When I was training jujitsu, I didn't touch video games. Oh, yeah, that's right. Those were the, the sad days when you were gone. <laughs> See, okay. I'm I'm just kidding. We were very happy. <laughs> that was a total joke, by the way. You know, well, how you know somebody trains jujitsu. Oh, they no, keep talking about jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, CrossFit. Yeah, that's it. it. It's it's all the like reverse fight clubs. Like if somebody's a vegan, they tell everybody that they're a vegan. If they do keto, same thing. Uh, CrossFit, same thing. Jujitsu, same thing. Um, I'm sure there's others. It's only ninjas that don't talk about, you know, being a ninja. Because they're focusing on their breathing. Yep. That's why you'll never hear me and Gary say that we're ninjas. Is it because you're manually breathing since 15 minutes ago? <laughs> no, I stopped doing that, actually. See, I'm, I'm so good at this, uh, this uh, taking my meds and, um, you know, reducing that anxiety that I can just stop doing that on demand. And by doing that, I mean stop breathing on demand. I haven't been breathing for the last 15 minutes matt good job asshole i can confirm <laughs> wow okay no, i'm just kidding oh that's um that's all interesting stuff well how do you guys feel about like the pandemic a couple of my employees are saying is i think i'm an alcoholic because of this damn thing you know there was a uh an article i was looking at a few weeks ago that said like uh like non-genetic fatty liver disease has gone up and like a bunch of alcohol related diseases have gone through the roof because people when they're stuck at home and they're bored they they drink more 
right? And I did that a little bit in the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, oh, we can just drink every night because whatever. I mean, I was still going into or the office. Morning. Yeah. Or yeah, or the morning or whatever, right? But for me, because I realized like I could see that potentially being a problem, I just stopped drinking during COVID. So I will drink, you know, for like a celebration. That's it. Um, like I drank when I saw a shot. I don't know. What was that like two months ago or something? I wouldn't consider that drinking, Matt. You had a beer and you were drunk. That's uh, by definition, that's drinking. Um, good sir. Right, right, right. That, but I said I wouldn't consider it drinking. Whether well, by definition is I mean, I had more do, than do you, a... do you know Gary drinks beers for hydration? Think about it. You know how the rest of us drink eight cups of water a day? Yeah. Gary does eight cups of beer a day. That That's smart. That's mostly water. Water's for Exactly. Plants. Yeah. I yeah. completely agree. It's like a Popeye has a spinach. Yeah. And I Gary has beer. his beer. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. What is it? What was that beer called? The Grolsch? Grolsch is yeah. kind of tasty. Popeye has spinach and Gary has his Grolsch. Yeah. <laughs> I like Prony. Prony. There you go. No, I mean, I I had a uh, virtual pop-up bar birthday last year during the pandemic. So I was definitely into the drinking. Um, I got wrecked. During Being lower taking shots. At yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I was pretty drunk that night, too. I um, Yeah, I think when the pandemic started, I just went and started bought a whole bunch of drinks i always wanted to like do bartending and make new drinks right so i was like perfect time to to mess around with it can't leave the house anyway might as well make a new drink per night you know see what i like um so i did a good amount of that for the first maybe half or six months of the year um and then i kind of started slowing down because i was like if i drink then i can't do other stuff and not that I was doing anything, like working out and doing other stuff like that. Yeah, just at a certain age, your body starts to hurt more. You're like, oh, this isn't is. It's not worth the, the hangover. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess that that is a another thing, right? Like, whenever I do have a hangover, I am obviously in a more highly anxious state. So I, I tend to feel more anxious, like especially if something triggers me um, during those days. So... A uh, couple of weeks ago, you know, went out, we got really drunk, like I was hungover the whole next day. And I mean, I wasn't feeling, there was nothing like causing me anxiety, but I could feel very tense. And like, I, I knew that if there was something to trigger me, I would definitely start feeling anxious because of it. Um, I think a lot of it is because, you know, like I was tired, my body was probably dehydrated, like there were all these physical things that, um, you know, it lead to already a like an altered state of mind like a uh an anxious state and then you have something else that happens and just like pushes it over the edge yeah it's very similar in that regard with like circling back to the drug topic right it's always like um your set and setting so like your mindset going into it and then the environment that you're in and it's kind of the same thing for anxiety like if you are already anxious because you're thinking about something and you decide to smoke weed you're going to be more anxious, right? Because you're going into it with that already kind of like, like cluttered mind in some sense. And that's what happens a lot of times with drinking as well. Like I had a rule in college. I was like, if I was ever sad, I'm not allowed to drink because I did not want to use it as like a crutch to be like, oh, I just, instead of being sad about something, now I'm just kind of like apathetic about it. And like, yeah, I don't care, but I'm, I'm going to have that rebound effect tomorrow. And I'm going to think about it more because it's like, wow, this thing really affected me. I really had to avoid that topic or breakup or whatever the hell it was so i just was like all right just feel how you feel it's okay deal with it and then only drink when you're happy only do 
you know, smoke weed or whatever when you're happy type of thing. Because um, for anxiety, it's the same thing, right? Like your your setting or your mindset could have been really bad in that, that hungover state because all of a sudden you're like already feeling like shit, right? And then next thing you know, I don't know, something something like dumb could happen. Like the neighbor knocks on your door and you just lose it. <laughs> you get scared that it's the cops or something. No, I mean, I mean, just like if you're if you're anxious, right? And like, right, because right. sometimes anxiety will lead to rage for people because they don't like how they feel. So you could kind of go in that direction. So like one little thing, like you know, you ever like walk up to somebody and you're like, "Hey, how's it going?" They're just like, "Fuck you." Like, dude, I didn't do anything to you. I asked you how your day is going, but like, you don't know what's going on in their head, right? Next thing you know, you're putting him in a rear naked chokehold. <laughs> but uh, that was one of my favorite quotes back in the day: was "Never drink to feel better, drink to feel even better." Ooh, so it's going back. That's on pretty the... good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't think I can't think of a time that I've had drinks or anything like that if I wasn't feeling good anyway. So I always felt like it's gonna make me feel worse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I honestly can't think of a time that I've done that. It's always been like, even like, let's say going back to like that first time that I like had a panic attack, right. And I was feeling anxious at the wedding. Like I had no drinks that day because I already wasn't feeling well. Right. And people were telling me to drink, like, you know, it'll make you feel better. You'll loosen up and stuff. And who knows? It might have. It's actually a fact. Yeah. yeah right. Like I, I may have felt better. Uh, but like, just like when I was already in that mindset and then it's like, well, now I'm going to give up even more of my control by drinking. Um, it, it just made me feel like, um, you know, like a, it, it, it didn't seem like a smart choice. Yeah. I mean, there's times when like, you'll, you'll take a shot or something to kind of loosen up and take you, me fe- <laughs> <laughs> uh, wherever you want to go, big boy. Uh, but you know, you'll like take a shot or smoke or something to like relax. And that first bit of it can cause more anxiety because it's your brain thinking like, Oh my God, what am I going to feel? What did I do? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then like once you're actually buzzed or you're getting in a tipsy or once you're actually high in that case, you're, you're more chill, but it's like that lead up to it can be a problem. Right. And then you can definitely have a problem if you start thinking about uh you know, space while you're high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But honestly, from drinking, I've never gotten anxiety or panic attack. It's always either been from, you know, some sort of psychedelic, something that affects your mind, or the next morning, the hangover, Definitely. as you're saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think like you said, right, drinking is, it doesn't have the same effect on your brain that like other drugs does. Uh, and it, especially I think us, like our, it, like obviously our means, like we associate drinking so much with like happy times and like mm-hmm. happiness and like, you know, positive thoughts that it's like anytime we drink it i feel like our mind is automatically like hey we're gonna have a good time maybe it's in our genes yeah yeah it might be whereas i mean if you think of like maybe uh i don't know other cultures or other people who like have grown up a stigma or taboo yeah or like have grown up with like you know a, a parent or someone they know that drank to when they were mad or like drank to forget things or like whatever and then they've like they've started associating drinking with like um trigger warning yeah uh, they start associating drinking with violence or with um uh, rage or whatever that is for them it might be completely different because it's like well if i drink I'm, i might feel that way so now i feel anxious to drink right or when i do drink i start getting those feelings because that's what i've known 
yeah it goes back to the control thing right like you you want control of what's going on and you can kind of like white knuckle it and just hold on as tight as you can but at a certain point if you're had enough alcohol your your brain and your body will relax which will help you relinquish the control you just don't want to do it so much that you're like relinquish control over your like basic sensibility (laughs) where you're doing like absolute dumb shit which i'm sure we've all been there where you're just like yeah i'm gonna lay in the fucking street because at the time the girl i was dating we saw what's that uh the notebook or whatever where they lay in the fucking street and like (laughs) so we're just laying in the street like drunk as fuck and like all right okay and then I, such I, a romantic, Matt. At some point, I was like, "This is we're gonna get hit by a car. Like this isn't <laughs> this isn't gonna be fun." <laughs> yeah, or you know, you get so drunk that you decide you want to hijack the golf cart from your uh, <laughs> local administrative offices. That, yeah, that was a fun one. Is that what you guys did in college? Uh, that is something that we attempted allegedly, to do. allegedly, allegedly. Right? I, yeah, I totally don't remember doing it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it, I mean, when you said that, uh, I, I know this analogy gets used for other stuff, but, you know, it's sort of like when you're feeling anxious and you drink, right? It's like anxiety is like the shit, right? And by drinking and doing these other drugs, you're like like throwing dirt on it, right? And trying to cover it up. But eventually, you know, that, that shit stink. Like that stink is going to come up and it's going to be even worse. So by uh, by trying to like suppress those feelings and not like facing them mm-hmm. uh, and instead using drugs or uh, alcohol or whatever it is to like mask them uh, even though it makes us feel good in the short run I think in the long run we're eventually going to have to deal with those and depending on how much shit we put down there and then how much dirt we put on top mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be a lot of shit under that dirt to, to clean up um, which at, I think like was was that point for like both of us right like we got to a point of like high anxiety where it's like we had so much stuff that we'd like hadn't taken care of and just let it sit there that we eventually got to a point where like that shit was sinking mm-hmm. and it was making us feel very anxious because of it and it wasn't until we started going back and like you know cleaning that up little by little um that we started getting to a better place yeah man I, you- I bring a, a shovel to therapy and i just huck loads of it <laughs> off of <laughs> off of the pile all the times you know is it a theoretical shovel, or you physically take one to your therapist's office with you? <laughs> well, if How I physically took be? one, yeah, I, I think I think she would uh, be very scared. Um. <laughs> yeah, especially with your shaved head, imagine. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, it's just like uh, Eminem after his uh, blonde phase. It's okay. It's you a good phase for him. Yeah, you should dye your hair blonde, Matt. Will, the real, will, will the real this Matt is stand up? Or well, white America, I could be one of your kids. This is America's childish Gambino. <laughs> close, close. Yeah, no, I was talking about white America, but yeah, you're right. This is America's childish Gambino. Would you guys say the podcast has kind of helped you guys explore the feelings and get control over your anxiety, or is it more to help others, or is it a combination of both? Definitely a combination. I didn't realize you were interviewing us, but I, I like Welcome it to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, this is my pack pass now. It's a, it's a two-way no, it's, street. <laughs> no, it, it's it's definitely a bit of both. I mean, we initially did it to, uh, I think, help other people. But then we realized that as we uh, as we were doing it and as we were talking about sort of things happening during the week or, like, going back to, like, things that had happened, like, seeing it again in a new light or, like, talking it through with each other, um, I think we realized that it's helping us a lot as well. 
Uh, so it's definitely right now at a point where it's it's a little bit of both, right? Like we do it and it helps us, but we do it and it also helps our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had some listeners reach out, uh, you know, letting us know that it's helped or like with questions and stuff. Uh, obviously, I've talked to you and like other people that I know that listen to it and like really enjoy it. I don't know if you really enjoy it, but other it. people definitely really. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's my sentiment about it. But about you, Matt? Uh, definitely agree. I think in the beginning it was like, hey, we... Because, I mean, we had the idea like three years ago, four years ago. I mean, our first episode sounds terrible. I mean, we still have it, right? I can tell you the date when we recorded. We recorded a few. Uh, Eventually, and- when we set up a Patreon, we'll put like the OG episodes up and it's, people can hear it's just, what we sounded it's, like it's just me being like hi everybody i uh <laughs> i'm matt and i i had anxiety and this is my friend a shot because it's just is it like two times speed again or no no that was just matt's voice back then <laughs> um he hadn't started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu yet so he wasn't a real man yet I see. yeah that's that's Didn't exactly what it was he hadn't trained his vocal cords well in, well in what what happens when you're doing jujitsu a lot, right, is there's a lot of uh, chokes. And when you are a big, strong man like me and you don't tap, it actually can break your vocal cords and hurt your windpipe, which deepens your voice. And uh, I'm still not there yet, as you can tell. It's still a little bit higher, but, you know, I mean, it's it's better than it was. I'm not Kermit the Frog anymore. Uh, do, do, do you find – well, I guess, are there other podcasts you listen to? Um, well, a couple questions. One, do you think that listening to our podcast has helped? you in any way uh, and then two um are there other podcasts you listen to uh, whether they're about anxiety or not even other stuff that uh you think benefits you um and i guess three uh if you had uh, any advice to give on air to us what would it be all right uh so first question it definitely does help um kind of just hearing two bros just kind of talk it out and you realize you're not alone you know like Oh, shit, I deal with that. Right. I've, I've been through the same thing. So it kind of helps you realize you're not alone. And other people have been through it. Other people have gotten over it or are in the process of getting over it. So all of that definitely helps. Uh, unless you're talking about space, then that freaks me out. <laughs> um, the second one, do I listen to or do anything else that helps with anxiety? I listen to Joe Rogan, not okay. for anxiety, just because he's awesome. Yeah. Um, I started listening to Alex Jones as well, which actually hurts the anxiety. Which uh, hurts the anxiety, you say? Yeah. Why? Oh, he has some crazy conspiracy theories, and a lot of them have came out to be true, which is oh, weird. A wow. uh, whole other topic, though. Um, but I think I kind of mentioned it before, but I'm definitely the type who... How do I put it? Does the whole... Can you guys hear me? I can't hear myself anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're okay, good. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I'm definitely the type who just says man up, right? right. Uh, I don't address my issues. I don't address the underlying core, which might help in some weird sadistic way because I remain ignorant to it. So I realize that, as like I said, as soon as I lay off the drug kids, that's another big one. <laughs> but as soon as I stopped smoking, I realized I haven't had any sort of major anxiety or panic attack. Um, I've been a little healthier. I've tried to cut back on drinking. I've been exercising more. I've been eating healthier, sleeping better. Not because of the weed, but just overall, I tried to make this change because I'm getting married this year. I started a business. So I realized there's a lot of triggers that I have. There's a lot of big changes that I've gone through. And I was like, you know, you're doing all this and you're treating your body like shit, too. Right. Why not put yourself on the right direction? And it might help. And it does, you know, eating clean, 
uh, taking the time to put yourself and your health first is number one. And just at the end of the day, realize, you know, you are a man to all the listeners who are men. Um, you can overcome anxiety, but you're not alone. You don't have to do it alone. Reach out, seek help, do what you need to do, but you know, don't let it become a big part of your everyday life because it, it definitely can. And I've seen it happen. It's happened to me, and it feels like you're in like this weird funk all the time. And I don't know if you guys have had this, but like that weird moment of clarity, where one day you wake up and you're like, "Holy shit, I feel great!" You know, yeah. Like you're anxiety free. Like I'm on a new track. I beat anxiety, and then a month later it's back, and you're like, "Damn it! All right, here we yeah. go again." So. No, it's it's definitely um, you know there's the ups and downs like you said, uh, but going back to what you were saying, have you? Uh, I mean, you've heard some of our episodes and we've mentioned meds before, mm-hmm. uh, which I think you've probably heard in one of them. Uh, but literally everything you said was meds, right? Meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. Right. Um, so I just want to stress the importance of those things. Like it sounds like you. I don't think you listened to our episodes back then when you started doing that, right? I think that's something that you just did on your own. Just, yeah. Yeah, but, like, we've been preaching this for the last year and, you know, two months that we've been doing, three months that we've been doing this podcast mm-hmm. about this concept of meds and, like, taking your meds every day. Right. Uh, and meds, like the acronym meds, not <laughs> not medications. No drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, uh, I'm glad you were able to find that on your own. And, like, whoever hasn't gone there yet, like, you know, it, it actually works. You know, this isn't just something that me and Matt preach all day because, you know, Matt came up with meds and we're just pushing it. It's Did like, you guys actually come up with that acronym? Yeah, Matt came up that's with impressive. it. That's impressive. Uh, right? That's just how my brain works. I'm constantly, like, thinking shit and not doing anything, and the shot's the doer. I'm the thinker, so. <laughs> yeah, he had this idea for this podcast, like, 20 years ago. It mm-hmm. wasn't until he met me that we started working on it. <laughs> you always have to have a thinker and a doer. That's how the sure. relationship works. No, but that that's great, man. I I think that was really good advice about, you know, that you're not the only one out there. And I'm glad that, like, this podcast has made you realize that and hopefully other people, too. That's, again, like, the, the story of me and Matt talking about anxiety mm-hmm. goes the same way, right? Like, I was going through it. He was going through it independently. We had no clue that the other one was going through it yeah. until one day, like, it was mentioned. And we're like, oh, shit, I thought I was the only one. And then it sort of started building. One of us. One of us, right? (laughs) No, exactly. Um, And going back to my third question, is there anything you think we could do better on the podcast um, to that, like, you think would help you or, like, you think would help other listeners um, or, like, specific topics that we can talk about or, like, whatever it is, like. Um, I don't know if you guys have gone over the topic of, like, telling your loved ones. Um, I'm sure you guys have talked about it and. Uh, maybe you guys could tell the reader how to do that. You know, it's kind of like coming out like, hey, I have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. In a weird sense of the way. But because like I try my best not to tell my fiance as many times as it happens because I don't want her to worry. Right. right. Or I don't want her to think less of me as a man or like, oh, he's dealing with like I've woken up at like two in the morning and called her and like, hey, like when it's really bad. Yeah. So definitely talking to somebody and having that person you can reach out to when you're at your peak worstness i should say because no. oh sorry go ahead. no no yeah so it's kind of nice to just call and like have someone ground you right, right. And, uh, that's super important for all the listeners um but in terms i agree of- with that before you continue mm-hmm. we haven't completely like touched on it but something that definitely works is um proven right there's studies on this um if if you get a kiss mm-hmm obviously from your significant other, hey, hey, hey. It, it helps you out of a panic attack. Okay. 
which is a pretty cool thing. Um, but no, that that is a really good one. Like I, obviously, when I was going through it, it wasn't something that I really mentioned to Andrea either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it wasn't until like much much later that I was like, hey, like I have anxiety, and I started going to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And then now, more at a point where you know I can say hey, like I'm feeling anxious, or like she can tell that most yeah. of the time at this Imagine point. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it definitely obviously makes the relationship better and stronger, right? Because like before when I would act a certain way or do something or say something, mm-hmm. especially out of character for me, for her, it was like, like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? But now she realizes that hey, it's like, this is, he's feeling anxious. That's why he's acting this way or doing this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she can tell that too now and she doesn't have to guess and, you know, she doesn't have to like get frustrated or mad or anything either. Right. And sorry, you were continuing. I, I totally forgot. You. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, another big thing is to not blame everything. Like, for example, you're at the wedding. You know, it's it's not being at a wedding that causes anxiety. It's the fact that you were there. You might have been off, you know, tired, whatever. But it, in the case of drugs, I don't think smoking weed makes me more anxious. I think my mind just thinks it is. And because I'm in an altered state, it's just like, oh, it's going to happen again you right. know, any second now. So every time I smoke, I feel like I go into it thinking I'm gonna have anxiety. So don't don't blame triggers, you know. Just do your best not to think about it. You know? Yeah. As, as annoying as it is to hear that, but the less you think about the anxiety, the less it's on your mind, the less likely you are to have it and to be it. You know, just live your life and live it anxiety free. No, that's that's a very good point. And sorry, I'm just jotting down notes about. Um what you said so we can talk about those those things uh mm-hmm. later on um and you said triggers right mm-hmm. no those those are good points because like if you think about it right you've like in my case i've obviously been to weddings before and i've been to weddings after mm-hmm. i haven't felt anxious sometimes i have like obviously after that event maybe a couple times but right. i don't anymore and i didn't before same thing for you like you know you've smoke weed or done marijuana or whatever exactly like you haven't felt anxious before that Mm. and i'm sure you've done it after that and there's been times that you haven't felt anxious either definitely so it's not it's not the it's like prevention roulette you know (laughs) yeah kind of but yeah it's not the event itself it's like it's your state of mind before Mm. going into it or as you're going into it that i think makes you feel that way matt you've been awfully quiet for someone that talks a lot um i want to hear your voice again any thoughts about any of this um well now i feel like i'm being too quiet bro and i'm questioning my life like here here we here we go again um no i mean all, all good stuff right i think the the biggest thing there is it, what i think it boils down to is having a support system right and when guys or girls whoever don't feel like they can be open and honest with their friends their family their loved ones their significant other Whoever is important to you in your life, if it's your dog or cat, doesn't matter. If you feel like you have to keep it inside and you can't talk about something, eventually it's going to start to eat away at you. And especially for for men in society, that whole idea of like man up, shut up, tough it up, toughen up, right? We all deal with the same thing. Look, we're we're dealing with it. But when you peel back the curtains, you realize that a lot of people aren't dealing with it in healthy ways. Some people will in the sense of like, hey, I'm stressed out. I'm going to go to the gym, right? So now they're just super jacked because they're like at the gym, you know, three hours a day because that's how they deal with their stress. 
Which so bodybuilders are like super anxious people. Is that what it is? It, they can not, be. Not necessarily, but yeah, I think they can be. <laughs> um, I mean, bodybuilders, some of them also have a lot of uh, body dysmorphia issues, which is something else we can we can deep dive into as well. And they feel like they're never going to be big enough. They're never going to be strong enough, right? And that's why a lot of them will take anabolics to get bigger and stronger to a point that's not maintainable, right? Like some of the, like the, the strong men, they're 400 pounds and like of pure fucking muscle. And their doctors are like, you can only do this for a few more years before your heart gives out because your heart has to right. pump blood way harder for, for your size than somebody who's um obviously a, a normal physique but so, you know, sorry speaking of bodybuilders um I, I was reading the story about this 70 year old bodybuilder in japan i think he was like one of the first bodybuilders legit looks like a 30 like 30 to 40 year old sure. just like in great and he's not one of those that's like you know humongous but he's the kind of guy that works out every day i think he like he has 12 eggs a day for breakfast or something. Um, and he just, he works out every day. And he's, like, his body is as healthy as that of a 30 to 40 year old. And he looks young, like. Um, so, it is very important. And he might also just be someone that's super anxious and works out all the time. <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely keeping him healthy. My body's that of a 70 year old. So, <laughs> I get how it feels. It's, uh, it's Freaky Friday, right? You guys are reversed. Me and some old Japanese guy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, but I mean, like, it's it's just important to have that sounding board, right? Even in this space right here where we're talking about stuff, we're bullshitting with each other, and we just feel comfortable to say pretty much whatever comes to our mind, right? And you you don't get that at all times, and it's, a, it's something that we should value. And when you can't do that with your friends, and, like, even with me and a shot talking about it, um, all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, like, you have this problem, I have this problem. How did you fix it? How are you doing it, right? Like, it's almost like you're sharing notes between other people that have gone through it and kind of like reading a book of their life in that sense. And and that's what's able to help you get through those tough times because you know other people have done it and then you also know how they've done it as well. Yeah. It's going to be one of those reverse fight club type of things, you know, where it's like, now, how do you know someone has anxiety? They tell you all the time. So. <laughs> well, what's what's funny about that is I've I've talked to friends and and they'll say, yeah, you know, I'm just really I was really stressed out and I I like took some time off school or something. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I've, I've been there definitely. Like you know, just kind of like you ask a few more questions. Like yeah, I have like really bad anxiety sometimes. Okay, cool. And then a lot of times we're like, oh, have you been to therapy? And they're like, uh, yeah, but don't tell anybody. And then when I'm like, oh, bro, I, you know, I went to therapy. It's awesome. It's a good way to like tune up your mind. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. Then they're just like mind blown, like, holy shit, somebody else I can relate to as opposed to, you know, most people maybe in that situation, somebody's opening up to you like, ah, dude, shut up. Like, I got to yeah. deal with shit, too. But it's like, are you dealing with your shit in a healthy way? <laughs> and some people, that's a no. <laughs> and some people, they, they are just because people are different, right? There's people with little anxiety, a lot of anxiety, a medium amount. I don't know. It's like the goddamn three little bears. <laughs> <laughs> the guy calling the ambulance because he thinks he's having a heart attack you know one of those yeah i've told i've definitely done that yeah i've almost done it a couple times like holy this is this is an anxiety man i'm, I'm going down this yep. is it oh, that yeah. same wedding i mean i called the ambulance they came to check me out oh, so. no yeah no so that's ruined the wedding no no i like i walked the street away come on i was <laughs> uh, i was a small i was a considerate uh anxious guy he ordered the ambulance XL or whatever, like the Uber upgrade is, where they come like more discreetly. I actually did do that. I when I called them, I said, "Hey, you know, no sirens, no lights. Uh, this is where I am." 
Did Did you tell them that you anxiety for the first time? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you tell them when you called the ambulance you were having like chest pain? Like, what did you tell them was happening? I just told them I'm not feeling well. I have some chest tightness. Um, okay. I told them my age, but I, you know, I mean, I knew it's not like I don't want to say I knew, but I knew it's not anything like that serious. But I was basically like, can you guys please come with the lights and sirens off, or like sirens off? I don't think I said the lights. I don't think they can turn those off. So, lights were definitely on, but I think the sirens were off. That's what stopped me the first time when I had a panic attack from calling the ambulance. I was like, I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's something. I was like, if it gets worse, I'll call them. But it never did. So I think every time somebody for the first time gets it, it's just, you just don't know what's wrong. Definitely. Because you're just, I was just sitting here. And yeah. Next thing you know, it's like your heart's racing. You kind of feel like you're going crazy. I don't know if you guys get that too. Oh, definitely. I definitely feel like I'm losing my mind. I was like, what the hell? Like, is this how I'm going to be for the rest of my life? Like, am I ever going to be normal again? And then an hour later, you're totally fine. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I think both of us have gone through pretty much all of that. Um, I know I definitely have. But going back to what we were saying about, like, coming down and telling people, like, uh, I've mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes, but, you know, whenever I talk to any friends now and I tell them I have anxiety, it's it's the weirdest thing. That, like, I'd say, like, nine out of ten times, mm-hmm. people will go, like, Oh, I have anxiety too. I never thought you did, or I didn't. You know, I thought I was the only one, or something along those lines, right? And it, it's just so interesting that like people, especially not even people, especially guys, won't ever own up to it first. But once they realize that it's something that like, you know, guys go through, like we're only human, like we go through it too. Uh, then they're like, oh shit, like yeah, I, I have that too. Like I've gone through a lot of the same things, or I've had similar experiences, or. Uh, you know, I've I've coped with it in this way or that way. Yeah, it's much more common now. I think you know, it's, or at least maybe it's more talked about now. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it feels like almost everybody has it nowadays. Everyone you yeah. talk to, especially I mean, I with a... the the pandemic. Like in one way or another, everybody was affected by it. Whether you were stressed out because you're locked down, or you're stressed out because you're doing something else, or somebody got COVID or whatever. So like, I think that triggered a lot of stuff within people to be like, oh shit. Like, I am really stressed out. What what do I do? Because when I talked to my therapist about it, she's like, my phone was ringing off the hook. Like, I could have worked yeah. 20, 24 hours a day if if I was a robot to help people because they needed it. Um, well, how do you not have anxiety? There's a 24-hour count of how many people are dying from this sickness. And it's just, they're inducing that anxiety, you know? Yeah. Unintentionally yeah. or not. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. I mean, I had, you know, when I first started, I had, I would get daily emails about, you know, number of cases and deaths mm-hmm. and... I mean, whether it was healthy or not for me, like I want to know, but it was pretty mind boggling the numbers and like just seeing them jump. And I kept all those emails because like I want to look back on this one day and like go like, you know, what was the course of this? Like from when I started getting these emails to like, you know, I think they stopped sending them weekly sometime in December or December or January when things kind of calmed down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just crazy the way the numbers jumped. Um, something we were talking about earlier, though with anxiety and working out oh yeah we were talking about anxiety and why we feel it right the fight or flight mm-hmm. um and then i was saying you know if you don't you're like why why did we get anxiety anxiety attacks then mm-hmm. and i was like it's because we get into that fight or flight state we have all this adrenaline and energy but we have no outlet we're not fighting or running away right and so it's building up inside of us and it's trying to find an outlet uh, and then you were like well if you know so does that mean you should just go to the gym? Mm-hmm. 
or exercise and like that sort of relates back to like those what we were saying about people going to the gym right like once you start feeling that way if you go out for a run or if you go and work out just do something to like get rid of that excess energy mm-hmm. you like automatically feel better even though you don't want to right like at that moment if you're feeling anxious you're like you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly you're feeling very hungry. anxious you're like you know i feel i feel like i'm dying my heart is beating out of my chest um but then if you go out for a run and you know now your uh your heart is supposed to be beating out of your chest right now it feels normal right because you're like hey i was running that's why my heart is beating out of my I guess the same way there are triggers, there are also outlets. You know, right. there's some way to relieve that pressure. Like I've gone on walks at three in the morning. I went to Seven Eleven to buy aspirin because I was like, I think this might be an actual heart attack this time. Oh wow! Um, so by the time you got there, did you hopefully feel better? I was better? totally fine. <laughs> I just got some water and walked back home. Nice. That's funny. Try not to get attacked by the homeless guys outside. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely scary. I, I used to do that too a lot actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like go out for walks, and it definitely helps. I, um, I think. Part of the reason why, like you were saying this last year, people felt anxious because we were stuck at home all day. Like I know being at home all day just wasn't making me feel good. So I had to start going out. Like I started going for runs again. We started biking again. Like I would find any excuse to get out the house um, to feel better. And you do realize that, at least I do, when I like go camping or I'm outdoors or whatever it is, I always feel better. Yeah. Even if I feel anxious before going for one reason or another, um, once I'm there, like, it just, it all disappears. Yeah. Could, like Matt was saying, you know, be that 40-hour work week where this isn't natural for humans to just not be in nature and not be doing physical work and just sitting down all day. I feel like that definitely helps or unhelps the tension in your body. So. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the reason probably why I didn't have anxiety while we were working on the house because was doing 40 hours i was doing more than 40 hours a week but hard labor yeah, too tired to have anxiety <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so it goes back to that right like i was wasting all that energy uh, and then there wasn't any left to actually have any anxiety that's the cure come fix our house on my way <laughs> there you go we'll just we'll just start a a non-profit where people with anxieties work on houses and it's like work and work, work until cool. work until you have to sleep <laughs> and they become take... contractors and that'll be great and charge them for labor. Yeah. That's pretty man. interesting. I know. I think we might have just come up with a new idea. Now I got to cut this part out so that other people don't steal our idea. <laughs> hey, that's that, that's how it works, man. I'm the thinker, bro. I'm the thinker. <laughs> you didn't even come up with this one. <laughs> Called like houses for anxiety. Uh, that would be that would be pretty cool. Because there are like pro- nonprofits now that build houses, right? Um, so you or, can sort of go off of that. Or a meetup for people that have social anxiety where you don't talk, you just walk in a group together. So they get a little bit of exposure to people without really talking to people. If they feed in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but what if someone shows up and they, they're like you, Matt, who just can't stop talking, and then you make everyone else feel anxious? Uh, I wouldn't go because I don't have much social anxiety anymore. Oh, oh okay. What, but I, I mean, this like something you wanted to go to. No, but I mean, like if I'm if I'm anxious in a social situation, I talk more because um, I'm trying basically they're not to be silenced because people don't like silence. Right. So I will fill the void with silence, which is funny when I'm when I'm just sitting here listening. You're always like, "Bro, you're not talking. What's wrong?" And I'm like, "I'm just listening." Like I know because it's just it's so out of character. <laughs> it's so out of character. 
like I always know Matt as a talk. Like I people around me, right, are all talk. Like you're a talker, Andre's a talker, my sister's a talker. Um, so I'm surrounded by like all these talkers who, like you said, don't usually feel comfortable with silence. So there's a lot of talking going on. So as soon as they get silence, like it's kind of weird. You excel. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that is where I excel. I, you know, I can live in silence all day. Yeah, he's the strong silent type. But if he starts being a chatty Kathy, then I'm worried for him. You know, if he, <laughs> if he just starts word vomiting all those words, I'm like, bro, are you okay? Are you stressed out? Are you panicking? What's going on? Like, talk to oh, me. You're talking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. I don't talk a lot in those cases either. I think, I think it's I kind started of, it's, it's talking more to. on this podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, in the beginning of this podcast, I don't think I talked so much. I think it's like, as we did more and more of it, I talked more and more. We should do an analysis where we plug in like all of our episodes into into see who's like dominated the conversation because we do this um we do this at my work through software where mm-hmm. like when I'm talking to a customer if if I'm dominating the conversation and I'm saying like seventy percent of the words it's like hey either one slow down or two like let them speak right ask them right. a question like how do you feel are you comfortable with this like whatever instead of just blasting them with words is so this an uh, aerospace company or no, I'm doing I'm doing a different uh, different job now. So I went from uh, engineering, which was brutal, to uh, customer success. So now Here, I'm actually. in charge. Glendo, nice. Yeah. Don't say exactly. No, I'm not going to say it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, it's it's cool because I get to help people talk about their businesses all day, talk about their goal goals, plural. Sometimes they have more than one. And um, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's a singular focus as to just make more money. And sometimes um, it's obviously related to like the software that we sell as a company, but sometimes they just, you know, are kind of anxious in their own right. Like, yeah, one of my guys had to quit. I don't know what to do. And I was like, oh, well, like, is there more talent in the area that you can hire? Are there more people around here? You know, and getting them to like have those conversations and calm down is helpful. But I learned a lot of that from being able to explore that space here. So um try to use my skills for good you know yeah, yeah i like it applying uh our experience here to real life that's what you should be doing that's what i do too and sell me your podcast like hey by the way if you're feeling anxious you should totally listen to me and my buddy on an anxiety podcast yeah there we go right uh, i actually do that all the time <laughs> anytime uh, i mention it, someone's like you know whatever I feel felt anxious or have anxiety. I'm like, there's this great podcast. <laughs> definitely Shameless check it plug. out. I, I've definitely done that with my brother when he was talking about something. I was like, if oh, oh no, actually one of my friends was like, yeah, I'm just like super, super anxious right now with stuff. And I was like, if only one of your friends talked about this twice a week. Yep. <laughs> oh, I say the same thing. Yeah. Well, the great news is uh, we're actually going to a pub after this. So it helps with, you know, like curing that anxiety, those drinks we were talking about. Yeah. Definitely a good idea. No drugs though, not tonight. It's a school night. It's a school night. They should make a. We should come up with a new uh, cocktail called the Anxiety Killer. AK AK forty seven Anxiety Killer forty seven. I like it. I'm gonna assume that the cocktail is just a Xanax and it's not alcohol at all. (laughs) Crushed up with water. Yeah. Like realistically, that'll be. It's like, hey, just take this. Forty minutes later, you will be the most chill person in the world. Nah, dude, th- this cocktail will have absinthe. It, it, it's it's 47 because it has 47 different uh, spirits wow. inside. Not 47%. <laughs> 47 different Yeah, it's 47 alcohols. different alcohols. So it doesn't kill your anxiety. It just kills you. You can't Which, have anxiety if you're dead. <laughs> right. Like it's like, the, it's like the virus can't live if the host is dead, right? So 
That's funny. There was actually this funny story in college. I don't know if I should tell it on here, but she's like, I've never been drunk before, right? So I was like, I heard watch me work my magic. So I mixed vodka, tequila, gin, Sprite, and NyQuil. I don't. It was just sitting on the. Couch. Sounds like an adios. But yeah, a little with bit worse. Nyquil. Yeah, I was sitting on the cupboard, and after that drink, she disappeared for the rest of the night. So I, I think I succeeded. I mean, did she ever reappear? I've never heard from her again. No, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think she finally got drunk for the first time in her life. Wow. Uh, well, case solved. This that mysterious uh, case of the disappearing girl from college. <laughs> God, I hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> I highly doubt. Uh, highly doubt she is. Unless she has anxiety. True. Yeah. And she just she got to this point and recognizes your voice and she's just like, son of a bitch. No, <laughs> she she remembers. She's like, Oh yeah, that one time, the first time I ever got drunk. What a what a great memory. Fantastic memory. Yeah. Remember you gotta um visualize things as positive. Put put well, them in a positive light and they will be. You know, that's kind of something that we can talk about circling to some of the like drug topics as well is like i i knew people in college where this girl we we're all doormates right or hallmates whatever um she wanted to drink for the first time and i wasn't there but like one of my buddies was texting me he's like yo so and so is finally gonna drink with us all the shit and i was like all right just remember it's her first time drinking she's not animals like us where we've been drinking for a while now don't let her overdo it so what did they do they lined up tequila shots. They were all banging shots. Next thing you know, she's had, I don't know, four or five shots in a row or something with them. And then she's puking all over the toilet. She pukes all over the couch, all this stuff. And right? it ends up being a, this terrible, terrible night. And because she had a bad experience, she didn't drink again for a long time. Well, that, that's a good thing. It can be more for your alcohol, health. More alcohol for the rest of us. <laughs> all right. Certainly. But it's the kind of that same thing when it comes to um, alcohol and drugs and everything else, right? It's like everybody has their limit. And in that story, she was kind of like the person with the ego. Like, I've never been drunk. You can't get me drunk. And you're like, all right, let's 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 I'm a scientist. Let's test this hypothesis. <laughs> and then next thing you know, um, that that's what happened to her, right? So it's kind of like people, I think, don't don't want to admit that they have limits because it becomes that ego bat ego battle. And that's what like a lot of guys will do to you, right? Like, no, I can totally bench that much. And then they like rip their pec muscle. And next thing you know, they're out of the gym for six months. So it's kind of like, um, know your limits kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with, with the anxiety side too, right? It's like, if, if you know that going to a wedding is going to make you, um, anxious, you can start by going to a smaller gathering and then work your way up, especially with people kind of coming out of the uh, the haze of the pandemic and, and going to more social events now. You don't have to go to a freaking rave tomorrow and feel uncomfortable. Hang out with one of your friends and then two and then three and then slowly ramp up to it. You know, like get back to your limit or your or your tolerance for it. Don't 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 be like, hey, I haven't drank in a while due to the, due to the covid let me just go do what I used to do, which is have 10 beers and pass out somewhere. It's not going to end up well for you. Uh, not definitely. We actually went to an event. Um, I want to say like it was earlier this year, like February, March, right after all those big shutdowns again and everything. It felt so weird. Like yeah. we're in a banquet hall and like people were kind of dancing, but they didn't know what to do with their hands. You know, you're just like socially awkward, really, because you haven't been in that setting in so long. And it's like. You don't want to say, oh, what does this person have? Where have they been? You know, blah, right. blah, blah. But you can't help but think that, right? It's like, you don't even want to shake hands. Yeah, I think the pandemic is still on everyone's mind, right? Even if it's 
Pete is a little bit more under control. I think now it's ramping up again, but even then it's still like, you know, you go somewhere and you're like, well, what if, what if they have it? What if, you know, I get it. Like it's still there. Um, even though it may not be the main focus anymore. Right. I got it a few weeks ago. It was, it was fantastic. I would recommend it. Got a few days off from work. Uh, got to catch up on all the movies I wanted to watch. Got my rest, you know, and I, it took like three, four days and I was back, back on top. So one of the lucky ones man. One of the lucky there, there's ones people now. that spent yeah. two weeks with fevers and <laughs> my one of my best friends actually got it at the same time it was both it was my 30th birthday his 31st so we went out we went clubbing all weekend you know party like it was 1999 and we both we were the only ones who got it out of the whole group of people we were with and he like went to the er twice his oxygen was super low like he took it terribly and I was over there like yeah dude I'm already having a beer man like <laughs> go over take him <laughs> you're, you're missing out yeah so, yeah, everyone takes it different. So, it's, it's no, definitely pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, same thing with anxiety. Everyone takes it differently. So, all right. I think on that note, Gary, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. We hope you'll come back for another one. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we hope uh, you enjoyed it. And we hope the listeners uh, got something, uh, you know, good out of this, uh, out of this experience. Don't do drugs. I think that's. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good one. <laughs> Yeah, are, are yeah. we are we gonna be dare now? <laughs> dare well, what did dare stand for? I I, don't know. I, I forgot. I know. Well, wasn't it like I was drugs and too. something? I mean, if only dare, we had. Wasn't it like if, dare if to resist had, drugs and alcohol or something? If only something we had like phones that. that could Google this. Um, yeah, you're you're right. It totally didn't work, by the way. I feel like it actually taught kids what drugs were, and they're like, actually, for me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you. I was gonna say. Uh, I like didn't do drugs my entire adult life. I was 21 the first time I tried weed. I was like, this is fucking awesome, right? So I just <laughs> went off the rails. Like next week I was doing Molly. Like it was this crazy thing where it kind of was like I was holding myself back because they put this fright into you. Right. I think what they should do is teach you what drugs are and what the side effects are and be responsible with it. You know, it's not don't do it. It's be smart about it. Right. Kind of yeah, there was a. What was it Canada or like some country, right? That started giving out, um, started giving out drugs, basically like government-sponsored drugs. I think it was Norway or something. Like yeah, that. but they verified that it was clean, right? It wasn't laced with anything. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, if you're gonna do it, like, don't OD. Like, here we'll give you like the normal amount to do it. Just like, don't OD because it's co- it's costing you your life. It's costing us a lot of money to have to take right. care of you. Like, it's better for us to like, you know, do it this way, basically. Less yeah. Packets. Uh, Portugal did the same thing. They decriminalized everything and then they set up programs for people. But a lot of times the drugs can just be misunderstood. Like now they're doing um, uh, MDMA, which would be an ecstasy for like uh, therapy for PTSD. They're doing the same thing with psilocybin, which is in magic mushrooms. So there's a lot of uh, new research coming out where under controlled situations and settings that they actually can have a lot of benefits. I mean, it's it's uh, the abuse aspect of all of it, right? At the end of the day, having... You know, a couple of red wine a day is fine. Having a couple bottles of red wine a day, not fine. You're abusing it. Well, you know? how how big is that cup? I mean, I've seen some. I've seen that Costco glass where it's it's the size. <laughs> it's a six foot glass. You bottle. know, what is it? Six nine ounces? Is that the normal amount of wine? I think it's uh, six ounces of wine. Six ounces. Six. There you go. Six ounces a day. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, going back to there, it's a drug abuse resistance or drug abuse resistance education. Yeah, right. I, I yeah. got I got to pull up too. But uh, yeah. with with that too, I was gonna say because like if if you had learned about Molly, 
and we're like, oh, I could get these brain zaps. Make sure I make sure you hydrate or do whatever to avoid it. You would have been able to do it because you have the knowledge in front of you instead of just like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. Everybody says it's safe, right? I just got to wait a few weeks, then do it again type of thing. And the next thing you know, you're getting this side effect. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that this was a, a negative that could occur because everybody eventually for dare is just like, if you do drugs, you're going to die. It's like, well, I'm alive and now I have anxiety. What the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's why usually when people do shrooms or other psychedelics, right, there's a, uh, like, a shaman or a spiritual, like, someone that, like, guides you through it. Ayahuasca. Is that what they're called? The tea? The shaman, yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, a guide because they know, right, the right way to do it Mm. and, like, how you're supposed to do it and how to get through that experience. Yeah, the mushrooms are awesome, by the way, honestly. I, I did it a few weeks, uh, no. The last time I smoked weed was the last time I I took shrooms, and I was in the jacuzzi and I felt like I was melting in the tub. I was like, "This is amazing," you know, like zero trace of anxiety. And then once I got off, like I was over, I smoked some weed, and that's when I got it. And I was like, "What the hell?" You know, this whole time, I've just been seeing aliens and shit, and I'm and totally I'm fine. fine. Yeah, <laughs> melting into a jacuzzi, human soup is what I called it, and I'm tripping because I. Smoke the J, like so stupid. That's hilarious. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you figured out what it is and uh, you're able to have it more under control now. I miss weed, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again on uh, Thursday. Bye.